In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's something very important to always see in the life of Jesus. It's very interesting, it's very subtle. Jesus did not lead his own life. He was led. As a matter of fact, especially in the Gospel of Luke, he was led after he was baptized to go to the desert. After the desert, he was led to go to his home country his home city. And this is where he had this very interesting, that what we've heard in today's gospel is very interesting interaction. But here's the point, and you'll see this throughout the whole gospel of Luke, as well as in the Acts of the Apostles, written both by the same guy. And mind you, Luke never met Jesus. Luke is the only Greek writer. He's not a Jew who became Christian, wanted to grow f- deeper into the knowledge of Jesus, and wrote a gospel, which is very interesting, because he got it from other people. And that's one of the things that he noticed. See, our faith isn't just based on me accepting the Lord. It's about me being led by the Lord, and I actually become a place for the Lord. A dwelling place for the Lord. And that becomes important to recognize and to keep in mind. That's the difference between Christianity and every other religion in the world. It's not just, I want to follow a set of philosophies, theologies, and in some cases also mythologies. In Christianity, there's a person. And this person came divinely becoming human. And in doing so, he led us as well and transformed us, where we actually become changed, where we actually have the dwelling places. This is where St. Paul, I love to quote this, you know, we are dwelling places of the Holy Spirit. We're a walking church. We're a walking temple. And now becomes the important question. How do I allow the Lord to lead me? Instead of maybe like today's gospel, I fall. Because here's the crazy thing. These people who saw Jesus, first of all, they had heard of Jesus. They were like, wait, is that the same Jesus that used to live on, you know, where the street was, whatever? We know where he lived. He's doing miracles. Okay. Something about this Jesus, you know what? Let's bring him in. We want to see him, and the Holy Spirit leads Jesus to go to his hometown. But the crazy thing is, they accepted him and rejected him within practically a snap of a finger. How? Why? How do we keep from doing the same thing? Put this for, in the site for just one second. If we ever hear about Chaldean that makes it to the moon or wins an Olympic gold, what's the first thing that comes out of our mouths? That's my cousin. <laughs> it's the, usually. If he's from the same village, even worse. What happens then if you want or ask for a favor from this person and they say no. 
a lot of times, I'm not saying this is normal uh, every time, but a lot of times what happens is then we flip. We are no longer accepting of this person. We don't like to care because I needed something from him or her and they didn't give it to me. Then what do we do? We come up with excuses or we come up with ways to put them down. Um, you know, they made it in life and they made it so big and they're in the top, you know, 500 business, whatever. Oh, they're working with the mob. Oh, they cheated their way. Oh, yeah, they paid their taxes. Sure. You know, they, they, we come up with excuses to put them down. Why? Because what we usually do is we put our faith, as well as how we deal with others, strictly on the emotional level. I need you, please come, I, you, you, you can't, and you know, if somebody asks for a favor from you and you do it, you're the greatest person on earth. If you don't do it, or you can't do it, uh, and they really needed it and they feel dis, you know, disrespected or disappointed, you're the worst person on earth. That's Jesus. That's what happened today's story. He goes to his hometown, and hey, do to us what you've been doing with everybody else. And Jesus brings in this beautiful gift. First of all, he reads the Word of God. And the Word of God says, you know, the Spirit of the Lord has anointed me to bring healing, to bring release, to bring life. Amen. How quickly did they change? And all of a sudden we're like, hey, oh, 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 who does he think he is? And here's where it gets ugly. They use the name of St. Joseph to put him down. Isn't he the son of Joseph? This great and phenomenal and awesome saint is now being used to denigrate Jesus, to put him down and to say, you're a nobody, buddy. We know who you are. Look, I used to study next to you. I used to play whatever night with you in the same village, in the same street, in the same whatever. They brought Jesus down below their level. And this is where Jesus comes back with two stories from the Old Testament, where God comes up and does good things to non-Jews. Well, that's an interesting thing. They didn't like it. So they actually go from praising him and waiting, can't wait to see him, to we want to kill him. See what emotions do? When you keep things on the emotional level, you praise somebody beyond their level, or you really hate somebody beyond their level. And this is where we need cooler heads, and cooler heads come over here. And a lot of times we put our faith in here, purely in here only, where I need something from God and I get it, and God is the greatest, God is awesome, God is wonderful, God is beautiful. I asked something from God and he didn't give it to me and something very serious. God doesn't exist. I don't believe in God. And then the devil plays other games. Like maybe I committed a sin when I was young and he hasn't forgiven me and he's holding it against me and he's angry with me or he's punishing me. That's all not God. Because if you notice the first reading, God is coming out again in Isaiah again saying, I redeemed you. I love you. I call you. I'm there for you. I'm here. I want to do these things for you. And if you notice Paul's letter, what are the end times? And by the way, end times began at the resurrection. For 2,000 years we've been living end times. 
See, end times doesn't mean it's the end of the world. could last another thousand years. I don't want to get into that right now. Because a lot of people are going to come up and come up with different dates and different whatever. No. But what happens in the end times? When you have so much grace, and that's God's grace, how do you fight it? How do you fight grace? By being emotional. Overly emotional. Think of the last sins you've committed. Were they rational? Did they make sense? How much of it were reactional? How much of it were maybe coming out? And I mean, there's few where you might actually, you know, you come in and you logically prepare to commit a sin. It does happen. But how much of it was reaction? And this is where, when we have a true relationship, I always bring up marriage, good times and in bad, sickness and in health. I feel like it and I don't feel like it. I want them, I don't want them. I'm angry at them or I'm happy with them. It's at all times. And regardless of where the curve is, I'm at the up curve, oh, I'm praising, I'm worshiping, I'm glorifying God, oh, I'm on the down curve, and I'm wondering, I'm going, where are you, God? And you hate me, you don't like me, and maybe I don't like you anymore. And that's the problem. Where do we, how do we? Number one is to go back to the very beginning of the homily. Jesus was led by the Spirit. The Spirit of God is within all of us that we've all received. And it's the Spirit of God that's within us that helps us deal with the chaos within us and the chaos outside of us. The passions and the overly passionate stuff. Passion is not bad, by the way. It's a beautiful thing, especially when it's done the right way. But a lot of times, we don't do it the right way. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants to help with, regulate. It's the passions. So that I believe in Jesus in good times and in bad. And when He brings me the things that I want, when He doesn't, and this is what the Spirit leads me to do. That's always pray to Him, to worship Him, to serve Him, to glorify Him. Even when I don't feel like it. Even when I'm tired. Or even when I'm angry. That becomes the important thing. Think of the times when you've fallen. But the Lord has never given up on you. Because God doesn't go by passions. He's a straight arrow. And he's there for you. Let's take these moments and to thank the Lord, to allow him and to ask him to continue to lead us and to guide us, to love him even when you don't feel like loving him, and to be able to deal with the darkness that we sometimes face, inner darkness, external darkness, problems that happen around us that causes us to react, problems and temptations that are within us that I'm having a hard time to control. But at all times, the Lord is there, and the Lord never gives up on me. And for this, for everything else, I proclaim my love for him, and I always say, blessed be the name of Jesus, both now and forever. Amen.